Welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive, where we take a deeper look at the topic, uh, the message, the passage uh, from the weekend message. Um, Just take a deeper look at it, make some jokes, have a little fun doing Mm -hmm. so, and open up God's Word. Uh, My name is Brad. I serve, uh, well, a variety of roles here at Calvary, but I get to do some online stuff and podcasting, which is a whole lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Today, joined by Pastor Ben Powers, Pastor P. Pastor P. Pastor P. Adult Ministries Pastor, so... Yeah, Adult Ministries, Pastor Mid-Rivers Campus. Uh, Ben, how are you doing? We're talking about dating today. Yes, we're doing well. This is an interesting topic for me since I am not in the dating scene. Yeah, no, me neither. Well, date your wife. I guess so, yes. (laughs) Hashtag. Um, Yes, we're talking about dating. We're continuing in our relationships series where Mm -hmm. we've kind of, what we've done is uh, we are using the narrative um, of Jacob found Mm -hmm. in Genesis um, looking at the relationships that J- that Jacob had, um, the impact those relationships had had on his story, and how God worked redemptively through all of those mm-hmm. relationships, and drawing parallels to the relationships that we have. Like, mm-hmm. okay, hey, what can we learn from Jacob's story and apply in our own? Yes. And so, obviously, relationships in twenty um, first century America uh-huh. a little different. Uh-huh. Then the relationships uh, from, well, depending on how you... Genesis, yeah, de- whenever yeah, that was. De- yeah, depending on uh, your, your view of how old the earth is, uh, <laughs> let's just say multiple hundred of years yes. B.C. Let's be safe. Um, to be safe. A uh, long time ago. <laughs> people are people, mm-hmm. but the nature, uh, the social dynamics, um, the power dynamics, the relational dynamics are a little bit different. Uh-huh. And so what can we learn from Jacob's story? What can we apply to our own? And so obviously uh, the topic this weekend, and you know, Ben, we had you expert dater uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, to, to teach us about dating. Um, dating was not really a social const- construct. No. In their in their age, no, in their in their time, it was it was a uh, you went around it, about it a little bit differently. Yes, we're gonna get into that, but uh, just to kind of uh, maybe start off with something fun. Yeah, uh, if you could describe Ben Powers as a dater in <laughs> two words, <laughs> what what would you say? Awkward and confused. <laughs> Not, dazed and confused. Dazed awkward, and confused. Yeah. Confused. Yes. Um, yeah. So for me, uh, selfish hmm. and uninterested. Huh. Interesting. Well, until it was the right person. Okay. And then I was still selfish, but not uninterested. Uh-huh. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I well, guess to set the stage, uh, dating now, mm-hmm. a little different than dating then. It is. Even dating now, different than dating when... You were dating. Yes. Yeah. Different than when I was dating. That was, I mean, I, Mal and I, uh, we got married in 2014. Mm-hmm. So we dated for, you know, a couple of years, engaged before that. Even the world that, you know, when I've worked with students, like, and I mean, you have teenage kids, like, yeah. it's a different world. It is a different world. And even the statistics, I mean, w- when you look at it, and we all know that people are, um, this generation is dating or getting into relationships or marrying later on. Way in later, life, way yeah. later, and um, but the the, in the thing chur- is in the church too. In the church too, but the thing that's interesting and in the statistics that I saw is that people 
who are single, majority of Americans want to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody. Um, and that's um, a goal. That's that's a goal. still a, a, yeah. a, a value, right. a thing that you know people want to strive for. Right. It just is happening later on in life, and mm-hmm. they, there's just more. Um, there's more difficulties for people to work through in order to get to that place of marriage, and that's it is different than when we were when we were younger. Yeah. So yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, some of the statistics that that I saw was um, you know the divorce rate is so high, mm-hmm. and so people see d- their friends or their family go through divorce, and they don't want that to happen to them. Some of it's career. They you know they have career goals, professional goals, financial goals, so marriage gets in the way. Technology. I mean, le- you know, less people are. Um, together, and so mm-hmm. that means less social interactions, less dating, less marriage, and then um, the, the other statistics is, uh, statistics are on the um, increase in pornography mm. and just the it's a skewed view of what marriage is or a cynical view of what romance is. So, kind of all of those factor into uh, you know people are just slower at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is that most people who who do want to be married do they actually eventually become married mm-hmm. um it just mm-hmm. is taking longer yeah i think bringing up the the pornography st- uh stat uh, i think is an interesting one mm-hmm. um in the church world uh one of the reasons that we you see people get married so young is because if if sex sexuality um within god's design mm-hmm. for humanity is connected to marriage mm-hmm. well i want to have sex yeah if i got to be married let's get married let's get married right <laughs> yeah. and and i do think that we live in a in a in a space and time where culturally speaking you know i think some of the it's like a pendulum swing right we've um evangelical churches evangelical culture had one way of talking, thinking about sex. Uh, I think about the purity movement, mm-hmm. um, and we've, in a way, made a big pendulum swing past that. Where our culture is hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was reading one stat uh, a few days ago where people are also having less sex, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, in like dating relationships too. So I don't know if that's a pornography thing. I don't know if that's a uninterested thing. I don't know if that's people just aren't in relationships. So if they're in relationships, they're not having sex. Like I don't, there's so much there that we could probably unpack, but I, I do wonder if part of the delay in even getting married is if we've separated sex and marriage, Mm -hmm. um, why? Yeah. No, I think so. I mean, I've heard the term sexless marriage and that's a, that's an actual thing. And, um, yeah, it is. It's all of those dynamics of having it separated. And Mm -hmm. I think, when I think about it, I think it's the the foundation for Christians is to build a relationship, build a friendship first, and then that leads into mm-hmm. um, everything else that we can enjoy about marriage. But if you don't have a friendship first, um, that changes that changes everything. Yeah, that's good. So. I do think um, categories are helpful mm-hmm. uh, for for this conversation. One of my favorite exercises to do uh, when I was a youth pastor. And the students, I think, were aware of my growing separation uh, in terms of, like, my hipness factor, <laughs> uh, in terms of, like, being trendy or being, uh, uh, let's just say there was a growing distance between me culturally and really? the students. I yeah. think you're pretty hip and trendy. Well, you know, Ben, there's a distance oh. between you and me, well, too. I'm, so. I'm 47 <laughs> and I'm not 18, so. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um <laughs> No, and so one of the things that I would, would like to do with, with students was, okay, here's a big whiteboard. Let's throw all the terms 
that we possibly can to describe what I would describe as a dating relationship and mm. what you would describe as a dating relationship. And so huh. we were trying to put in order when certain moments happen, right? Like, because um, like whenever I was in, when I was, you know, dating, we had terms like, oh, we're talking. Uh-huh. We're dating. Uh-huh. That was kind of it. Uh-huh. Like hanging out might have been one too, but like those were the those were the things. Yeah. And so students would throw things like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're a thing. Huh. Well, that's the least descriptive thing ever. What do you mean? They're a thing? <laughs> uh, and, uh, oh, yeah, so, okay, so at this point, are they dating? Oh, no, no, they're not dating yet. Uh-huh. So what are they? They're a thing. Oh, they're talking. Huh. Is talking before being a thing? No, being a thing is talking. Okay. Yeah. Language is helpful. Clear uh-huh. is kind. Um, to get us back into the story of Jacob, though, uh-huh. they didn't have all those categories no, that they we're aware of. It was... You're single and you're part of your dad's house. Uh huh. Or you're married and you're your own. Right. <laughs> and there's, so, yeah. So, anyway, set the stage for yeah. a little bit. No, there's nothing in between that. <clears throat> but what's interesting about this story and what's interesting about Jacob is he he does get that kind of that little breather. He does get that that chance, and it's because he has to he has to leave his house. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the he stole the blessing. Mm-hmm. Isaac has um, just come to terms with it. Esau, his brother, wants to kill him. His, yep. Both both his parents know uh, he, you got to go, so they tell him you cannot stay here. You have to go. So he's on a he's out by himself for the first time. For the first time in his life, he's single. Could you imagine if we had either social media or like E back then? Like we have, <laughs> you know, we have the the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah. Like this would be the, an incredible it would be reality t- television it, show. It, it really would be. It's interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's so he's he's on a journey. I mean, he's he's had he you know he's he's walking in the wilderness. It's a 500 mile um, journey to um, Padan Aram, and that's where his dad I sends would him. Walk 500. I didn't miles put that together till now. <laughs> that's great, but it's um you know they send him to um to Rebecca's uh, family and say marry from within, mm-hmm. marry um in God's covenant. And go there and find a wife. And so usually the parents are heavily involved in that process, but he, they can't. And they just he's got to go. And so you get this kind of, here's a single man out of the house for the first time. And um, God gives him a dream. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he comes across this, um, this pasture. He finally gets to where he's supposed to be. And he sees, you know, he, he sees these shepherds and they have a well. And he sees... Uh, Rachel for the there's first like time. There's like this movie moment. You yeah. think there's probably some music swelling oh, yeah. in the background. Oh, yeah. The lights, the clear, it, you know, cl- cloudy it, vision. Yeah. She just emerges. It, it, yeah. is, it is totally that. And um, <laughs> I love it because I, uh, what I found was in, in, um, in verse one, it says, um, and Jacob continued on his journey. And the word for journey is an interesting Hebrew word. It's only used... One time in the Bible, it's used here, hmm. and it ju- they could have used journey, travel, all kinds of stuff. But they 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 write and they say um, it means to be swept away, to be carried off, to be um, hmm. to lift yourself up, and it's this. Um, Don't I, say there's not romance in the Bible. I, I know, I know. <laughs> and so there's this like Jacob's got a spring to his step. He's like, he's yeah. like he because he knows he's looking for he's he's looking for a girl. Found he's, it. He's looking for a date, and he and yeah, he, he finds, finds he finds Rachel. So okay, so he. Want he wants to marry Rachel again? Yes. There's no, there's no dating in this culture. No. Even you know in the you know in the <laughs> Jewish families they do have some, um, some practices for, 
you know, time, duration, mm-hmm. um, even the whole like wedding, right? The the yeah. feast and the festival that surrounds that. Um, it's a it's a big intentional process. So, mm-hmm. so he goes to his uncle, Laban. Mm-hmm. He says, "Hey, I want to marry Rachel." Yeah, and Laban says, "Work for me for seven. Work years. for me for seven years." Yeah. And I don't know, like maybe in Laban's back of his mind, because he does, what we do find though, is that there is another daughter, uh-huh. Leah, who's older than Rachel. Right. Who should be married first. Who should be married first. And so mm-hmm. maybe Laban's like, hey, he's going to work for me for seven years. I got time to get Leah married, mm-hmm. it, you know, married off in that. Yeah. That didn't happen. Yeah. So Jacob wants to marry Rachel, uh-huh. uh, goes to his wedding, marries Someone, (laughs) somebody, someone that he assumes to be Rachel, (laughs) wakes up the next morning, and it's not Mm -hmm. Rachel. It's Leah. Yeah, he's been duped. He's been duped. He's been deceived. He's been deceived. The deceiver has been deceived. The deceiver has been deceived. And Mm -hmm. so he goes to his uncle Laban. Mm -hmm. He goes, "Hey, isn't what we agreed to?" (laughs) Yeah. Um, This does raise other questions, and I I think this is an important. We we touched on this a little bit last week in the deep dive, but I do think it's important for Mm -hmm. us. As readers, um, we come to the Bible with our with our questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we often approach Scripture and we say, "Hey, I have a question about this," or "I'm reading this and it makes me think this or wonder this." And it is important. It's an important principle, I think, in terms of just hermeneutics, in terms of understanding, you know, and reading God's Word well. Is well, what questions should I be asking? Mm-hmm. What questions is the Bible intending to answer? Mm-hmm. Um, so questions like, uh, "How did?" Jacob not know that uh-huh. the woman he was marrying wasn't, uh-huh. right? Doesn't yeah. answer that. It doesn't. And it's, it, it, those are good questions and we want to, but some, at some point we have to get beyond that. Yeah. And, and just knowing that we don't, the Bible doesn't specifically tell us. Mm-hmm. And we can ha- you can probably read through commentaries and, uh, and, and Bible scholars and you probably get 20 different you know, kind of yeah. answers or descriptions about that. And I think as a principle, okay. if, we, if we continue to come to the Bible with our own questions, mm-hmm. And we get frustrated that it's not answering the questions we want to. Yeah, that's that's way less of a problem with the Bible. Yeah, and way more something that we need to address in our own. Exactly, and hearts. I think it does. It it helps us understand, um, you know, dis- deception. I mean, it helps us understand mm-hmm. those kinds of things because we. De- I mean, have you ever been deceived? And you're like, oh, how yeah. did that happen? I don't know how that happened, and th- maybe that's how we should feel about this. I don't know how that happened. I feel deceived yeah. by it. it, like Jacob feels de- deceived yeah. by it, and um, maybe that's what the Bible's trying to and do. Then, and there's a tragedy here in that, like, this shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, but it also, custom-wise, shouldn't have happened that Rachel is married off before Leah. Right. And so, uh, anyway, so so Jacob goes to Laban. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, dude, <laughs> we had an agreement. <laughs> You got me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Laban me. says, "Hey, it's 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 not customary, right, uh, for us to yeah. you know for the older daughter not to be married first, right?" And and Jacob, to his credit, is kind of like, "Yeah, okay, okay, I see well, that." Would have been nice to know ahead of time. Yeah, would have been, uh, ni- been nice to know. <laughs> um, and so he then uh, Laban agrees to marry, you know, to to allow Jacob mm-hmm. to marry Rachel, the woman that he wants to be with, mm-hmm. um, in exchange for another seven years uh-huh. of, of labor and of work. Yeah. Um, and so 
again, it's hard because culturally speaking, um, this this passage isn't primarily about dating, mm-hmm. and yet we have relation we have dating relationships. We have um, like all of right. I mean, and this is something that I'm I'm particularly interested in as somebody who's 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 not single, uh-huh. right? I'm not dating. Uh-huh. Um, what what is this story? What does it have for me, mm-hmm. right? So so Ben. Um, yeah, I guess like whenever you think about this passage, when you think about this story, when you think mm-hmm. about dating, um, what points of application can we draw yeah, for so, for people who are single and sure. who are dating, but also for those of us who are not single, right? Right, who are in relationships, yeah. who are married. Um, yeah, what does it have for us? Yeah, I think um, it's a great question. Part of part of the series, uh, the challenge has been how do I take something like dating. And what does that mean for everybody? How does it take singleness and what does that mean for everybody? And the Bible just does. The Bible speaks to everybody, even though it's in these, Mm -hmm. you may not be in this specific situation, but the principles obviously apply. And one of the things in this story is if you back up to um, to chapter 29, and when when Jacob first meets Rachel, um, there's this interesting interaction because Mm -hmm. um, the shepherds are there to water their sheep, and Mm -hmm. she has... Um, a flock of sheep. She's a she's hmm. a shepherd, and um, there's a giant stone that's over this well. The Bible goes into great detail about how big it was. Multiple shepherds had to move the stone, and they kept the stone for the water to be clean so that the sheep could um, could drink. Mm-hmm. Well, he sees Rachel, and this, and he gets into man mode. He gets into Superman mode. He removes the stone by himself so that she can hey. water and drink hey, her girl. sheep. Yeah. <laughs> and he is but what's interesting about Jacob is it's not like it. This isn't his wheelhouse. He yeah. is he his brother's a skillful hunter. His brother's mm-hmm. an outdoorsman. Mm-hmm. His brother's the manly man. He's not. He's he lifts light things. And yet there's a cha- there's a change in Jacob and um and up to this point he we talk about selfishness. He does everything. Everything is about himself mm. up to this point. I mean, he he steals the, the blessing. He deceives his brother for the birthright. He tries to grab his brother to be first. It's all mm. about him. And for the first time, he gets an opportunity to do something for somebody else. And I just I see that as you know when I see that as what God's trying to do in us is really to change us um, so that um, for the people that we love. And I think sometimes when we think about relationships, we think about it in terms of um, this person needs to change for me. If you would, if you would change. If you do something different, it, it would make this relationship a lot better. And what God tends to do in our life is He points it back to us and say and says, "Here, you here's some mm-hmm. things that you have to change in order for this to be to work." And that's what happens. That's the start of Jacob's life. And selfishness will continue on his life, but he gives these opportunities for change. It's just an interesting moment in scripture. Yeah. The most courageous individuals are the 20 year old men, <laughs> 20 year old boys in the presence of, oh, of watching yeah. women. That's what happened. I mean, that's what happened. It's like, it's shocking. I mean, I mean, Jacob's like, I, I have to think he's got the dad bod. I think, I think he's, I don't think he's ever lifted anything heavy in his life, but he's like, he's willing, he's willing. And he's like, you know what? I'm moving this thing. Mm-hmm. And he does it. And he does something for the first time. He feels what it's like to do something for somebody else. Mm. So I'm sure he felt that the next day too. <laughs> moving a big, moving a big stone. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What? Um, okay. So I guess for, 
uh, for married men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think that like oftentimes you know there's that like yeah date your wife right yeah. like um, oh, man when I was growing up we one of our our youth leaders uh, Paul Young uh, shout out Paul if you're if you're listening <laughs> I don't know if you listen but if you're listening. Uh, I was listening to you. Um, he had this word that he loved to throw out to the young guys, and it was the word woo. Uh-huh. W-O-O, right? Yeah. Like, that is our responsibility. Yeah. Right? And I'm, I'm not not just picking on the guys. Like, I think there's a mutual responsibility, like, mm-hmm. in relationships um, to woo one another. Yeah. Um, because ultimately dating, I mean, that's what it is. It's this, mm-hmm. this series of, hey, can I woo you? Can I uh, – there is something that's not me that mm-hmm. I want to pursue because we're wired to do yeah. that. Trying to go for the win. Yeah, go I for mean, the W. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I do think like – so, Ben, I guess just to get real real practical. Yeah. Uh, how, do you, how do you pursue your wife? <laughs> so uh, – yeah, you know what the thing, the, and what I talk about somewhat in the sermon is this: is that, um, yeah, be romantic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, try to try to you know think about you know what your wife needs. But honestly, um, the best way that I can woo my wife is to change myself. Mm, that's and good. To change myself for the kind of person that she needs me to be. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I'm like Jacob. I don't like going out and mowing the grass. I don't like fixing stuff in the house. I don't like doing that stuff. But I know my wife loves that when I do that because it feels like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. a part of this and you know we got to get this house fixed and something's got to happen. Who's going to fix it? And, um, and so when I apply myself, so it is thinking about what does my wife need me to be? Mm-hmm. And that to, my, that to myself is like, you know, the best way to that's to a good woo, question. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. What about what? So what I'm hearing you say is um, dating, like at its best, whether you're single, whether you're married, um, is about the other person mm-hmm. more than it is about you. Yeah. And if everyone's striving for that, yeah, then you're in a great situation. And right. I think oftentimes where we get wrong, where I see young people get wrong in dating, is it's all about me. It's like, yeah. hey, who's the Who's the hottest girl that I can, you know, yeah. take to the dance because right. that does something for me and right. my ego or my reputation, um, or it's a who can, you know, like who can make me feel the best, uh-huh. and like that's just like that was for me like when I was because <clears throat> I didn't date a ton, I didn't date at, like at all in high school and college. I had a couple, just a couple of girls I dated, and um, like I, you know, if people were asking me even then, like, hey, are you gonna marry so-and-so I go Uh no yeah and it was way less about that person than it was about me because I'm like I'm not at a place where I can say yeah I I'm ready to be married or I'm ready to think about somebody else and and that's the thing I mean think about um you know uh, you think about kids or um you know uh, high schoolers um they don't they're still trying to figure out who they are so how do they know how to enter into a relationship yeah. with somebody if they don't know who they are. Yeah. And um, that's part of it is that you date um, from your identity, not for your identity. Mm, that's a good line. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's good to figure out who, who you are and it's good to figure out that you're who, whose you are as well. And once when you, that's why we need some time with that. And, he, and even when we get into, a, you know, adulthood even, it's still that figuring out 
of, you know, whose am I? And I love out of a love that's been given to me and not in order to receive a love mm-hmm. that's, that defines who I am. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, that can be a huge struggle for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's right. All right, we got just a couple minutes left. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to hit into a new segment called uh, Ben's Dating Advice. <laughs> so, Ben, as a as a parent, um, yes. you know what 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 types of things are you uh, teaching your kids about dating, or well, t- how do you talk about dating in, in you the know, Powers household? Um, yeah, so it's different with my with my kids because I have an 18 year old son, and then I have a 14 year old daughter, and both of them have some experience with dating, mm-hmm. and both of them ha- it didn't go well, mm. and so. Um, so for for my son, he's at the age where I encourage him. Hey, you know, prom's coming up. Who who do you want? You know, you should probably go with somebody. Just start off with a friend. Yeah. Just be just be friends. And so for him, it's, it's a fun moment. It's it's like, a fun moment. Yeah. yeah. And you know that that age is he's still trying to figure out who he is. He there's a lot of insecurities and just to encourage him. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's okay to like to figure that out and to maybe pursue. You're getting to the age where you're going to pursue that. So figure out a friendship first before anything. And then my daughter, it's um, don't date. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't do don't it. Don't do it. But I know, um, you know, she's just as as well trying to figure it all out. She doesn't – everybody else is dating around her. Um, other, you know, so everybody mm-hmm. wants to date. She wants to be a part of that. You know, there, it's at this time it's innocent. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to – I'm just – I do teach my kids, hey, you want to date to marry and you want to – it can it can hurt and and so you want to be smart about it and so they're they're both kind of understanding that mm-hmm. process but as generous I don't um, I joke with my daughter but I don't discourage mm-hmm. um, them to date but at the same time I give uh, I want to give a lot of like context for it so context guardrails guardrails um, yeah it's 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 hard like and I think this is where we come back full circle um, God has given us amazing gifts in our relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's why we push small groups mm-hmm. so much, right, at, at, at our church. Um, it's why, I mean, honestly, the mission trips I've been a part of, like, have been so meaningful, not necessarily because of the work we did, although the work we did was good, mm-hmm. but it's the relationships you meet with people mm-hmm. um, in different contexts, the people that you can learn from and, mm-hmm. and hear who see the world maybe a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, but the team, right, aspect, you're doing something with a team, and right. those relationships are, are, are different. And I think dating relationships, because um, really at, at the root, Dating relationships are friendships. Yeah. Right? They're not family. Yeah. They're they're relationships. They're friendships. Um, they're friendships that are different than yeah. other friendships. Uh, maybe they're a little more purposeful or the the thing that brought you together is different than, right. than than other friendships. But God wants to do a work in all of our relationships. Mm-hmm. To work his plan for redemption. Um, I, I do think our relationships are w- one of the greatest sanctifying gifts God has given us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially when it comes to dating, and again, people date in different um, stages in life, different mm-hmm. you know circumstances. Um, but I think just on my own story, like the dating relationships that I had were at a time in my life where I was, you know, 18 to 24. Mm-hmm. And... There's so much change that happens during those years. Yeah, um, that th- those th- that change goes hand in hand. Right. So I love your line that you said, like, "Hey, don't don't date 
for your identity, mm-hmm. date from your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think that one of the things we have to get to or we need to realize is not just are other people a gift to us, but we are a gift right. to the world. Right. Right. You know, right. Ben, you are a gift to the world. Yeah, um, thanks. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> um, and like when we can step into that place and allow ourselves to grow and to allow our capacity um, for serving other people to expand, look out. Look out. Yeah. Uh, That's great. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for joining. Yeah, man. Um, Thank you for listening uh, to another episode of The Deep Dive. Uh, You can find this deep dive and more uh, episodes on our website, calvary.church slash resources. Uh, You can get more information about this particular series as we go through the life and the story and the relationships of Jacob on our website as well, calvary.church slash relationship series. Uh, we got some book recommendations. We've got uh, the outline for, um, yeah, for the, the messages as well uh, on there. Um, we put our deep dive and we put a few other things on there as well. So again, calvary.church slash relationship series. Uh, look forward to catching you again next week. And just remember, if you have a question that you want us to, to wrestle with on the podcast, um, just email it to podcasts at calvary.church, and we will make sure to include that in an upcoming episode. Uh, Have a great week, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.